This is episode two of Book Club the Musical podcast, where we do not sing and we don't read books. We're talking about Melty Cannon's debut vocal album this week. It's called Soft and Wet, available on Bandcamp, Spotify, I think, Apple Music, definitely. That's how I listen to it. I give a little background on Melty Cannon during our conversation, so I'll skip that part of the intro. Basically, all I have to say is thank you for checking us out. Please enjoy the conversation, which went on for a lot longer than last time, so I'm just going to cut right to it. So I gave you guys Melty Cannon with no context, if I remember correctly. I just said the name of the album and the thing. Yep. Well, you told um, us that, this, that he does mainly beats, and this is his first time singing. Yeah, just just to justify it being a debut album, even though he has, like, three more things on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Basically, I found out about him, um, the last three singles that the rapper Father has released have been produced by him, and then I just clicked through Really? Uh, How his... old is this kid? I don't know. Father's not that old. I know, but Father's a way bigger name. <coughs> well, it's also that a rapper versus a producer. True. But I thought Father produced, too. Yeah, Father's done all his own beats up until now, basically. But it's it's a good match. I like the three that come out so far. But yeah, I liked the ones that have come out so far, so I clicked through on the Twitter to his page, and this was his pinned tweet. I'm real proud of my first vocal album. And then I listened to like the first two songs, and I liked it, but I had to go somewhere, so I never came back to it. And then I just used this as an excuse to force myself <laughs> to come back to it. So I hadn't listened to the album the whole way through before this week. So I it's basically my first time listening to it, which I assume is everyone else's first time listening to it. Yeah. Okay, so, Alex, you had, like, an immediate response to it I saw on Twitter. Yeah. So, so you, I guess you can lead the conversation since you had such a strong mm. immediate reaction. Well, um... Like you said, I'd never really heard of him before, but, um, right after, like, the first song, it's just such a, like, strong song with how it really shows, like, the beats that he uses and the way he does, like, with the xylophone. I love that shit. So, um, I just found it, like, I don't know, like, oh, I just... Oh, real quick, real what? quick, real music talk. A xylophone has to have big tubes on the bottom, and it's... <coughs> the, the actual instrument is either bells or glockenspiel. That That's what I meant. The glockenspiel. I knew yeah. it was the little, the just, little just so, thing. Just so we come off as smart about professional, music, yeah. not xylophone, <laughs> but which it, is our yes. our uh, number one quality is being professional. Yes. Okay. Continue. But yeah, I really like the way he uh, produced and the way he brought in like the sounds of nature and stuff. It was definitely really consistent throughout the whole thing, and I don't know, like, the, immediately I really just liked it. It Because I was sitting outside while I was starting to listen to it, and it was just, like, it was a beautiful day, and then the first song comes out, and what was it called? It was called, um... Playground. Playground, I, I, yeah. It pulled up, yeah. <coughs> Playground starts playing, and then it's just kind of like I'm like looking outside, like looking at nature. I'm like, wow, this is great. Like, yeah, it's it's a it's a sunny day album. It's windows down driving album. Yeah, it's like, and the the sound 
when if you if you talk about the sound in general, it's going to apply to the whole thing because it's it's the kind of album where the the sounds get repeated mm-hmm. and reused throughout the whole thing. There's the instrumentation is basically the glockenspiel sound. He's he's got a lot of guitar, um, the drums, and then the drums that he uses, and that's basically the the foundation for the whole yeah, record, plus his voice. It's extremely and consistent. So, yeah, so the whole like record that. has the same vibe to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, do we want to go down the list of the songs, or... I don't yeah, know fav- to... favorite tracks, least favorite tracks. Alright, well... any Anything that stood it's... out to you, go for it. Honestly, it started off really strong, like, considering this is his first... Um, lyrical album. Um, it started out really strong with Mama. I f- I made that my favorite oh, song skipping. of the album overall. What? We're skipping Playground. Oh, I I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it when it's my turn. Sorry. The, I, I have one thing to say. The guitar tone on Playground when the electric guitar comes in is amazing. Yeah. It's it's it has a quality to it that reminds me of like a horn. Like if the, if, yeah. if he could. I feel like if he could, he would have, like, a trumpet player come in at that point. But his solution to that as a DIY artist is to find a guitar tone that matches that that feel. And yeah, it's it was... so success. He's so successful with that. Just yeah. the, on the, okay, so for that we'll, sound. We'll, okay. go, we'll go to play around first, because I'm sorry. I got really excited because Mama was my favorite song. But Playground really, like, set it off, like, perfectly. Um, the lyrics were really good, they were simple, but it made up with, like, what you said with, like, the brassy guitar, and just, like, the whole tone, it really started off really strong, and I really did, like, when, at the end, he was like, well, I didn't know how to start this, so here it is, kind of thing. It just sounded kind like of, you, like, I was like, this is a like, beat album. It sounded like beats. <laughs> I was like, this is so perfect. I was like, of course... <laughs> Of course he's giving us this album, because that's something yeah, that you would do, it's honestly. A, <laughs> it's a, a warm, welcoming intro. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah. just, like, a lot of nostalgia. It Have you guys, have either of you ever played Stardew Valley, the game Stardew Valley? It's kind of no. like a Harvest Moon, and it the whole album really sounds kind of like a, like, walking through Animal Crossing kind of thing. It reminded me of Animal Crossing and kind of, like, Stardew Valley, Harvest Moon kind of thing. So maybe one of our listeners have heard of it, but... Um, <laughs> like I said with with Mama, like, for his first lyrical album, the lyrics to Mama were really good, and just overall, it was a really good song. I found it really, like, relatable, and... <coughs> I like the mixture of, like, some of the lyrics are a little darker, and then, but it's still, like, such a sunny, nostalgic-sounding album. I really liked that. Um, what's... I liked the first verse better than the second verse for the lyrics. Yeah. Um, I think the second verse is still good, but there's something that I think he does with his lyrics that is I think he could improve on a little bit is he lingers on one idea for a little too long in the second verse and I so I want to say that the lyrics are good on this album overall so the first thing I'm saying about them is negative but that's just because it's the second song and I want to point it out 
Um, he talks about not using autotune anymore. And I feel like he could have said one line about that. And then as the listener, what we take from that line is he prefers a more natural organic sound. He prefers more natural <clears throat> organic emotion. We can relate that to what he's talking about in the rest of the song. But he just keeps going and going and like he brings all that stuff up himself. It's like he didn't need to bring all that stuff up. I got it. And the and then the next thing he talks about is like I know she loves me or something like that, which it it's not unrelated because using not refusing to use autotune in your music and making a serious connection to another human being are related where you're putting your real emotions first and you're understanding someone else and if that line or if that it wouldn't rhyme the same so you can't just cut and paste but if that idea was immediately following him saying that he doesn't use autotune it would have been a stronger comparison whereas he kind of draws out the autotune idea before he moves on from it and it's just there's room for improvement in the lyrics i think yeah. specifically in trimming some of the fat and and leaving the listener to fill in the gaps and leaving things to interpretation a little less literal than he does on some points yeah i definitely agree with that I think given it's his first album, those mistakes are so much better than what they could be. Like, oh, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> like, so, like, it's good to be nitpicky. Instead of, like, wow. That's definitely was... a nitpick. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely a nitpick. It does not detract from my enjoyment of the song at all. It's just I really want to dig into these lyrics because he's, he's saying, like, a lot of, like, really open and honest emotional stuff i want to i want to get what he's saying so you got to dig in and pick out all the meaning behind all the lines and it's just stuff you notice when you go in that deep to the songs yeah all right and then next is budu which is an instrumental the first instrumental on the album and weird to have an instrumental track that early on your first not instrumental (laughs) album (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I feel like the order of that it should have been at least like one more song down. Definitely, especially yeah, like because I, I like, especially with the song that it is, it it's sounds a lot really of open cool, air. The, it does sound the cool, the way the way it's like just bass guitar, and then when the beat comes in, there's no bass guitar. It's it's kicks, probably eight oh eights. And I and I was I was listening because I I got really into the details of this album because I love the production and I'm just I just want to figure out everything he's doing with this production, um, and then the beats are a little different than the bass part and I was like oh the bass part was just an intro but then you the bass very subtly comes back in and it it syncs up with the way he's doing the 808s is is an amazing sound for the bass on Budu yeah I really did I liked it I just wish that it was. I mean, this is also nitpicky with the order kind of thing, but maybe that's, switching that's it when you're with talking another, about, like switching it with another instrumental When you're talking about an album as an art piece, yeah, the the order of tracks is like almost as important as like the order of the scenes in a movie or something. Mm-hmm. When you're looking and at the album, when you're like, talking yeah, about the individual songs, yeah. who cares? But especially since like he uh, was, he had the same kind of sound throughout the entire album it was like so fluent it just looked it just sounded a little bit like 
oh, like, this soon kind of thing, so. Just very yeah. small, but. I feel like he thought maybe that's a stronger one for him because that's what he's used to doing. Yeah, that, that's like, what I was thinking. you put the strongest in the front, so for him, like, an instrumental track where he spent the time on it would come yeah. up. Yeah. And he does sing on it, there's just no words. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, and then... I loved Love Complex. Love Complex was a that great was probably, song. That was my favorite of the album. I felt it was the most complete for me. <clears throat> like, well-rounded. Yeah, I definitely really liked Love Complex. Again, like, the lyrics were really... They were more on the simple side than, like, the other ones that have heavy lyrics, but, like, it was just... Like you said, it was just really complete. It worked well with the beat behind it, it worked well with the instruments, it just, everything was just nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. This is a very sweet song, I liked it. Then we go to Be Heal It? Isn't it I, Velt? You don't, or... Velt? I don't, oh, oh no, he, it is no you're Velt. skipping a song. Sorry. But you, you don't, if you don't have anything to say about a song, you don't have to... Because yeah. when we did gorillas, when we did gorillas, we skipped like five songs. We didn't even talk about them, and that's that's yeah. fine. That's a normal thing. All right. Well, I didn't really have much to actually say about that, but I thought it was. I'll Bell. say I think it's kind of similar to Love Complex in maybe the structure, and it's another mm-hmm. situation where it's weird to have those two songs right next to each other. The same way that it's weird to have Budu that early. And probably when we when we finish talking about individual tracks, I have something to say about the structure of the album, and uh, I guess I'll just save it for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, it felt like Then Love Complex overshadowed. Yeah. I liked Velt. Yeah, Velt. A lot good. more than I thought I would. After I listened to it, uh, like, the first time, it was like, oh, yeah, like, it sounds really kind of like the whole nostalgia kind of thing, but then when I listened to it again, and I listened to more of the lyrics, and kind of, like, more critically, I really liked the, like, angels in the backseat kind of thing, and kind of hints to, like, kind of, like, vampirism? I don't know, like, I liked the... I liked <laughs> something the, about biting, yeah. Something about biting. So, I liked, I liked the kind of, like, little ominous overtone of that with the... Anytime, anytime someone mentions back seats in a song, I'm all in. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Love it. All about back uh, seats. This is Learning this is probably so much. this is probably my favorite song on the album. It's got his classic Glockenspiel sound, which that that's like his signature. Well, he does. He has a tag that he doesn't use at all in this album, and it's so good. If you listen to something that he produces by a rapper, it goes Melty Cannon, save the game. <laughs> Oh my god, I listened to another song by him called No Jumper that was like that, so I remember that, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's got his little signature sound. He doesn't play it up too much on the record, like having that, having such like a recognizable instrument to always go to, and this is the first song where he like really just like lets loose on it, and he's, he's just really good at that sound. Um, there's so many... I mean, when you're a singer, it's not really flows, but there's so many flows on this song. <laughs> in the second, in the second verse, he does like, like, three different ideas uh, musically with his voice just in the second verse, and then he goes back into the angels in the backseat to end it. I think it's a really, 
because um, there's not really any bridges on this whole album, and this song has more variations on the idea. I guess the idea would be the beat, and the variations are just, what can I sing over this? Mm-hmm. But it has more variations and more development than I think any other of the songs. Uh, Mama is close, but uh, that's probably the reason I like this song the most. Yeah, it was definitely one of the most diverse songs on it, in, like, sound, in just, like, completely overall, like, thematically. I really liked it. And on iTunes, it has the little star next to it, so I guess it's the most popular Yeah, that one and Mama. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't like that feature. It makes me feel bad for liking that one the most. Me too, it's like pressure, (laughs) and then you're lame, like, gorillas especially, because there was, like, five... And I was like, the yeah. only ones I had like really positive things to say about were the starred ones. And I was like, well, yeah, I have a, no taste. You're a normie. If those <laughs> exactly. I was like, wow, generic. Like, what's next? Naga. Which? Naga. Okay, guys, was that like not a cover of "Say It Ain't So" by Weezer? Was that not oh, a cover? I didn't pick that up. At Are all. you I serious? That's it all I heard. That's Just in all... the chord progression? Yes, in the beginning, the whole, like, first 40 seconds, I'm like, this is Weezer. And, That's like... weird, because I, I listened to Say It Ain't So relatively recently, because I thought, serious? is this song... Yeah, I was like, is this song uh, corny now? And I listened to it like, no, this is still a good song. Yeah. I don't care if it's corny. Except, like, um, when I was writing... And... <laughs> Here's like a fun, when I was writing my notes on it, I couldn't remember the name and I was on the bus to Oneonta, so there's like no service for like 90% of that trip. So it's just me sitting on a bus, like I paused it to like think and I'm just staring at the floor and I just wrote like Heine because that's the only lyric I can remember was oh. somebody's Heine. Like, I liked the opening okay, line so though. Okay, strange similarities. Like, the love you like you love yourself kind of line that was something that I really yes. liked because it was like kind of a powerful like first lyric but I mean it's like it's yeah. it's a little it's a little corny but I liked it with how he had sung it and the way that it went with the song one of Melty Cannon's strengths, I think, is the way that he comes into a vocal take. Yeah. I think I think the first line that he sings on a lot of these songs, it has some kind of way of grabbing your attention. A lot of these songs, it's it's like it's smooth way to move into a verse or a chorus, but it also has like a kind of like it's like a beat drop but with words kind of. Mhm. It's, it's, I, I think that's one of the strongest points of him as a vocalist, is just, is like, moving into the, this part of the song, this is what we're going to be doing with this, and he like, nails the first line a lot of times. Yeah. And he, and with this song. Yeah, when I was, when I was, for, when I was, uh, writing down, like, how to remember which song is which, just so I like, don't get them confused. I usually was writing down, like, the very first line of the song because that was the one that was the most impactful to me. But I think in this song, that was the standout lyric of the whole album. Like, to me, at least. Like, that stood out the most. Except for the next song. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love Patroclos, or Patroclos. I love this song. Patrick for Locos. Yes. <laughs> I love Patrick for Locos. I wonder what that means. I'm not going to look it up. I love the chorus. I just to think this. it's his like Greek friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's his Greek friend. 
Yeah, but stand standout lyric. It's so simple, but it's just you've got to learn to love yourself. Yeah. Or you got to learn to be yourself. So smooth. A lot of meaning in a very few amount of words. Um, it's it's the opposite of what I was complaining about before with Mama, where he accomplishes yeah. so much with a real short lyric passage, and then he just loops it, and I'm fine with that. He could have looped that for like 13 minutes. I still would have listened to the entire 13 yeah. minutes, yeah. <laughs> especially like and the, the learning to let go into of that. myself. Yeah, the yeah staring out the window lyric was also the, like really good. The, the part leading into that where the snare kind of comes in, and I forget the words, but he he does a little different thing with the vocals leading into that. It's a weird song structure. It's kind of like a verse, and then like a pre-chorus, and then the chorus, but the chorus is also the outro, and it just like moves on after that. It's, it's like no repetition, but the chorus, outro is all repetition, so it's it's both of those things. It's a really weird song structure. Yeah, it was, like, really unconventional, it but it, yeah, it definitely worked. It was unconventional, but it definitely worked. Um, no. Untitled? Untitled <clears throat> Sounded 18. like Legend of Zelda. Yeah. I, like, I like oh, yeah, the way Oh, yeah, I forget he, what that instrument is. I like I the way he kind of, uh, puts in the sounds of... It, it is. It reminds me a lot of like certain video games. Definitely like certain songs, like Untitled Eighteen. I think it's some a other hexachord. Do you it's guys what? know if that's a hexachord? I think it's called. I'm not too it's sure. It's like it's like it's like a a little synthesizer where you like put your finger against like a sensor and play it kind of like an auto harp, and it like it like you just press a button for a chord. It was on an episode of Adventure Time. I've seen producers use it before. I think that's the instrument he's using, but I don't remember the name of it. I looked into buying one at one point because they sound cool. <laughs> they sound they sound playful and yeah. borderline cheap, yeah. but it it goes with the the sound that he's going for. Yeah, especially with is, like the Glockenspiel, the the brassy guitar, the everything that he does yeah. use on this album. It really works well in his favor. I, w- I hope that's the right name of the instrument. It's an electric auto harp, but that's not what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> auto harps are cool if you guys have ever seen them. I have not, they, but I'll probably they have search one, it after. <laughs> yeah. they, have, they have one string per note. Like That's like how a harp is, but you just press one button down for the chord you want and it mutes all the strings you don't need and then you just play all the strings. That's pretty I had cool. to tune them at my internship. Alright. It's a Beautiful Day was my favorite instrumental one on this album. Hands down. Beautiful song. Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous. I was... I played it on repeat like so many times like during the week that we had listened to this and every time I like noticed something different I think he used the auto harp that you were speaking of on this one, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that really made it, like, really, well, playful. And it definitely lived up to... It was the perfect name for the song, too. And overall, I really love this song. This was my second favorite. This song is really mature to me. It sounds... It's like the complexity of like, some sort of composition mm-hmm. for 
not like a classical composition, but maybe for a video game soundtrack or something. Yeah. And that's something, like, it doesn't repeat its ideas at all, which, as a rap producer who's doing a singing album, a lot of the songs, the the instrumental under the different sections, the verse and the chorus, or if it's not structured like that, will be kind of the same stuff, and he'll just approach it differently with his voice. This song, none of that. It just keeps moving and evolving and doing different subtle things with the melody. It's, um... It, he's just kind of flexing on us a little bit. Yeah. With this song. <laughs> yeah, this was easily... He's like the, this was yeah. easily the best instrumental on this album. So, yeah, the, the fact that it's there, now I can trust that any repetition in the rest of the album is just a vibe thing, mm-hmm. and he does not need to rely on it to create that feeling in his songs. This, like, he he's proven himself as a composer, in a way, with this song. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Um, Gaia, I like that he recorded it outside. I think it really... Yeah. It played well with the whole theme of the album, and, like... Just, like, it it really completed it just to have the actual outside version. It was basically the outside version of It's a Beautiful Day kind of thing. And I liked it in the fact that it had, like, the natural kind of sound. Bird noises. I wonder if the bird noises were from him recording or if he recorded outside and then wanted to add bird noises to make it sound more outside. Yeah. I can't imagine... Them being just that randomly perfect. Yeah, them being getting that those really doesn't. good bird noises. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe he maybe he recorded the bird noises himself and then recorded the vocals. I don't know. But it works. Yeah. It works yeah, to it have works. bird noises in your song. Everyone should do it. <laughs> just like DJ Snake. Is that is that DJ Snake? Bird Machine? Oh, I, let that song Oh my die. god. No. I forgot oh, about it's coming that song. it's coming back. <laughs> no, no, it's not coming back. I just brought it back. I just brought it back. Oh. Like, you don't oh. understand, all the frat basements in the world just, like, revived. Like, all, like, the chips, like, some they men all just, just, like, went back to the ceiling. <laughs> they it's just, just like, it's like mummies raising from the dead, and now they're all dancing. Honestly, it's the like best frat r- boys and red cups on the floor. They're just, like, standing back it. up. I'm going to throw it even farther back. The best version of that song is with the acapella to all gold everything over it. No. <laughs> you know it's true. Dear God. You know it's true. Okay, back to Melty. Back to this. I didn't have much to really say about another, except I did like the um, line about the eating sweets and she likes the chocolate, but... Like, kind of thing. I thought that was really cute, but nothing more really than that. What about you guys? That line was a little weird. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was cute. I, I it reminded it, me of, like, walking a, through a park, going on a date oh, kind no, of thing. Oh, no, I'm talking specifically about the chocolates line, because it's, I don't know, I don't know if this is what it means, but the way I interpret it was, it was, it was he was with a white girl, and she likes chocolates, and that means we like the opposites. That's a super weird line to put I, in the song. I interpreted it as they like different things, but they're still good together. Okay, no, I, I picked I the went white the girl most... because that's like thematic in uh, so many other songs, like chocolate. Like 
this to me, well, this is weird because this guy for some reason reminds me of Amine, and then in Amine's song Baba, he's like white girl thinks she um, think I taste like chocolate. And maybe that's why I automatically thought. It I don't. Connects. That's how I. That's how I thought of it. It's it's not like it's not bad, but it's just it's kind of raunchy, weird to. But... It's kind of weird to say. <laughs> but I I like this I like this song a lot. I thought it was uh, one of the more complete songs. With um, I'm having trouble remembering how it goes now, but just uh, kind of building and having different vocal uh, approaches throughout the song. Not a lot of repetition. It tells a story. I think it's a very complete, well-made song. And Ice Cream, I think this was a great song to end on. Um, Yeah. It was definitely the complete kind of ending to what this album was portraying. Like, the whole, like, it's the end of the summer kind of thing. I really liked it. Yeah. It's a conclusion paragraph. Yeah. It It sums up the, the album. The production on Ice Cream is probably my favorite. It, the drums are, like, very natural sounding and bounce off each other. Uh, vocals are consistent with the whole thing. It's, yeah, it's it's a good way to end it. It sums it up. It's... I think that and Mama are where they, I guess I just mean to say they're where they should be on yeah. the album. Yeah. You should start with Mama and close with Ice Cream, basically. Yeah. As in, over, what do you call this, like, genre of music that's, like, like this, but not specifically like this? Like, I don't want to call it, like, SoundCloud stuff, but it is, like... It's basically, yeah. SoundCloud stuff. Like, this is just a really good SoundCloud album, but, like, that discredits it. Yeah. I like to use, I like to use very wide genres and not cut it down too much so this is this is alternative r&b to me okay yeah i can go with that i can definitely go with that too and then you could just call it r&b if you didn't want to say alternative well it's definitely alternative to be even wider yeah but alternative r&b is a subgenre of r&b so but i would i would say this is definitely the sound on this and some of his um flows are informed by working with rappers where it's got a little bit of a rap sounds to it but not any more than like what taylor swift has on her (laughs) albums nowadays (laughs) oh god so i have two problems with this album number one very quick from a technical standpoint the mixing i think is good in a lo-fi DIY sense, I like lo-fi music. I like to listen to songs where the vocals are too quiet to hear, and then they come back later and all that. But I think, and I didn't like load it into a DAW or anything to check, I think the mix gets quieter as the album goes, and that's kind of a serious mistake to make when you release music. I think Playground is the loudest song, mix-wise, and I think it gradually yeah. gets quieter. And then when you let it loop back to the start, Playground comes back on. And the guitars in the beginning of Playground are as loud as the every instrument on Ice Cream. And then his vocals and the drums come in and it's even louder. It seems like he didn't mix it as an album. He mixed the songs individually. And then just threw it together. And then, and then he put all the, the files together and put it on Bandcamp and iTunes. 
even if it's a lo-fi thing, you should make sure the levels on all the songs are the same. That's a pretty serious mistake. It doesn't affect the songwriting or the production quality in any way, but it I was listening to it in the car, and I had to turn it up as the album went on to keep hearing it at the same level. The same here. That's, I definitely noticed that, too. Yeah, that that's one of the problems. The other problem, I have... I take issue with the song lengths. I think that a lot of these songs would be better if they were longer. I think if he used pre-choruses and bridges and fleshed out these ideas, there would be better songs. I think you could cut the instrumental and interlude songs off of this and kind of put that effort into, like, Love Complex... Love Complex is like verse one of a song, and mm-hmm. then it ends. I don't I don't think, I know you guys will disagree with me on this, I don't think that's a complete song. I think it's the verse to a song that he never finished writing. Not, not to say that he was lazy about it, I just think that's what it sounds like. It, it could go from there, and I want it to go from there. It's always good to leave the listener wanting more, but in this case... I felt unsatisfied at the end of a lot of these songs. I said at Patroclos that it could have gone on for 13 minutes. I'm not exaggerating at all. I want these long... I want these songs to go super long. When I was coming to this conclusion, I thought, well, what's the difference between this and, like, Group Sex by Circle Jerks, where all the songs are 30 seconds and the album is, like, 10 minutes long? And I love that. And that's all, that's punk music... It's super high energy. I think if you want to release an album where there's multiple songs under two minutes, there has to be, um, and there's some kind of acceleration, some kind of up tempo energy to it, where there's a reason for this song to come in, kick you in the nuts, and leave. None of these songs do that. All of these songs lull me in, like, take me with this vibe, and then leave. And when it's something like that, I want it to stick around. I don't want it to run away. It's... I wouldn't care if I didn't like the music so much. I love the the sounds. I love the lyrics. I love his voice. I love the the instruments he chooses to play. He's a really good guitar player. He's a good... He's a... I thought the singing would be rough because he's not a singer, but it's not rough at all. He's a good singer. If that all wasn't there, I would be like, okay, this is a cool collage of song ideas, and it's nice to go in there and and listen to it. But because he's... I would say this project is a showing of raw talent and potential, but it's the song's aren't standalone. You can't listen to the song standalone and be satisfied because it's only a minute and a half long and it's not a punk song where a minute and a half is balls to the wall high energy and you get what you want out of it. I think that's I'm, I'm, okay, I was just gonna end. I was saying that's my huge complaint about it. That's the big thing where this it's not quite there yet for me. I went into it kind of expecting that, though. Like, finding, like, looking up who he was and stuff, and, like, creeping a little. Like, I kind of felt like, okay, this is this guy's... But then this was something that 
is confident to put out but not have it be your first like real kind of like shot at something like these are like you drop a little here you drop a little there so like I liked it knowing that I don't I wasn't expecting like a real album this early from him um I thought it stuck so true to the sound which is hard to do without feeling repetitive and I don't think I got annoying and it's such an easy sound to like get really fucking annoying like just like the same type of like light and like uh like that gave you like the image of a sunny day so it's like hard to keep doing that in something new each song but it all kept that without being overly repetitive about it so I really liked it and I swear to god Naga was about like based off of uh Weezer (laughs) so I'm not gonna let that go um, but I thought there was definitely outside influences that showed like that, and I think video games played a huge part in it, like because Untitled sound exactly like a Legend, Legend, Legend of Zelda song, but the rest like you could tell like very to him as a person, and I think there's such a there's like that new group of music coming out that's like that where it's like the quieter kids when you were younger taking what they. Um, grew up with and what was part of their lives and making that into music into stories and new creative things rather than like I don't know what like everything else that's out there like you know you're seeing more now like into um what's the opposite of introverted you see like a lot more introverted music which sounds rappers yeah rappers who know the name of pokemon yeah and rappers who know the name of pokemon past the first generation yeah 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 like like they continued with it i think that's i don't know why he reminded me of amine because they don't sound similar but it's that weird like funky outsider coming in vibe i think i got yeah i definitely agree with both of you guys um but more with Alana in the aspect that I did, like, look at the album. I looked at his, like, past kind of work, and I kind of expected it to not be, like, this full-length kind of deal where I knew the song... Like, I pictured the songs as they were, and that just, like... I love this album. I really do. But I also agree at the same point with what you said, Beats, with how I wish he did develop certain songs more and left, not left other ones out, but maybe just didn't make them so pronounced. Um, when I mean, when I say left, leave songs out, I just mean, um, some of these, like, the length of the album represents, like, a level of effort. Not, not saying short album, it means short effort, but when you when you put effort into um, a, a quick song that's just one idea, you, you're taking away effort from another song that could have used a, one extra idea to push it over the edge and turn it into yeah. something great. Um, but, and this will show in my final rating, doesn't matter that much. Still <laughs> like it. Are are we ready for ratings now? I think so. Okay, um, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first, I guess. Um, I'm going to give it a 10. Uh, with how I went into it and the way that I listened to it, too, I listened to it where um, it was probably the most appropriate, like, 
being outside, hanging out, like, in the car, kind of just, like, everywhere I was really going. Um, I found it really nostalgic. Um, I really loved the video game influence. I love that kind of sound to it. Um, and I found myself just, like, going back to the entire al- album, like, again and again to just listen to it. So I give it... I don't usually like going for 10s, but I would give it a 10. 10 out of 10 perfect score. That's because without praise, nitpicking, without nitpicking. Yeah, well no, that's that's what our 10 out of 10 is. Yeah. You so. you can you can nitpick it, but it still holds up. But there's well, you can take nitpicks out of it and those those are a little too specific to matter to the score. Yeah. Okay. I respect your 10 out of 10. I'm glad that I showed you a 10 out of 10 album. Because <laughs> yeah, then I started listening to more Melty Cannon, and I, like, I was like, wow, this guy's actually pretty good. And I started did you, listening to... Did you to, listen to Rolling Dice by Father? I did not. I listened to Sun Cream. That was really good. I love Sun Cream. And I listened to No Jumper, which I'm a big fan of, too, because that has a lot of the video game influence. But, yeah. Alana? Or do you want me to go? No, I can go. Um, I'll give it okay. an 8 out of 10. Um, for somebody's first shot in an album, I think this had a very consistent vibe, consistent sound, without being repetitive, like I said. Now I'm repetitive. But, like, it kept it really, like, it was, it's hard to, you know, like, a new kid to have such, like, a distinct, like, voice of who they are. So I thought that was really great. Um I liked that, like, I listened to the whole album, enjoyed the whole album all throughout. Nowhere was I was like, all right, next song, like, waiting for the countdown to it. But for me, I wouldn't listen to any of these songs individually, and I wouldn't just, like, randomly throw this on. Like, I'd have to be, like, I listened to it on the way to Oneonta, in Oneonta, like, on a nice day, too. So, like, being out. Has to be a nice day. Yeah, like, yeah. I wouldn't put this on nice on a day. rainy day or like. I think that's a compliment for this album. Yeah. Like with what he was going for, saying you have to listen to it on a nice days. Like, oh, he nailed it. Yeah, because it gives yeah. a whole vibe. Like, I wouldn't listen to this on the subway, and that I think was what detracts it for me is that you can't play it everywhere, and you can't just throw it on. I think there's only like two or three songs maybe you could listen to individually. So, but that being said, I did enjoy this one, and I think it was a good start because I really hated the gorillas, so this one isn't me. <laughs> you, well, you gave the gorillas a six, which means you thought it was No, because I positive. did that from, like, a, like, ab, like a respectful, I'm yeah. gonna... Oh, okay. Yeah. Now no, that works, too. Yeah, because I didn't want to be, like, two for gorillas. Like, no, it to. was really good production, so I'm not going to say you're, you're allowed. You're allowed to if you want to. I'm oh, well, giving now this I will, because now I don't think you're doing, like, adults. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? it back. <laughs> okay, I'm giving this album a seven. I love this <laughs> album. I love this artist. I will continue to listen to this album over and over again, but I am not letting Melty Cannon off easy. Melty Cannon has potential to change the sound of music. Like, literally, this sound is the future. Yeah, I, I can agree. see everyone copying this album. I can see everyone ch- trying to get Melty Cannon beats on, like, like Nicki Minaj trying to get a Melty Cannon beat. He needs to finish his songs before he releases them. To that, I would say, though, I know other artists. Like, there's a guy, Frank Leone, on SoundCloud, 
who has the similar vibe and like in the depths of SoundCloud, this genre is already blowing up. Not yeah, even in the depths, like in the medium. So I think he's like will be one of like at least three people who are gonna lead it into me. Like in the forefront, yeah. Yeah. This is yeah, this is this album is a grenade of potential. It's not I mean, I'm speaking personally, it's not a ten out of ten because there's so much room for Melty Cannon to grow and for this sound to grow. Any any improvement in terms of developing the songs with more ideas, it probably would be a nine, just automatically. And whenever I see this Melty Cannon's name on something, I'm going to click on it because I want to hear the nine from him. And um, I don't want to be negative on this. I want to be extremely positive, but also... I feel a little burnt because every single song left me wanting more. And I, and it, that doesn't like with albums that I love, that doesn't happen. I albums that I love, leave me satisfied. Even, even if I could listen to it three times in a row, I'm left satisfied. I listen to this three times in a row, still want more because the songs themselves leave me wanting more, not the whole album. So it's a seven for me. Sorry, Melty Cannon. I I will support Melty Cannon for the rest of my life after hearing this album. It's very good. So it's an 8.3. Average. That's a good album. Sounds good. It's it's an it's an amazing album. I I feel I feel a little bad giving it a low score. But that's that's the that's how I feel about that's how it. The game feeling goes. feeling a little feeling unsatisfied is a big deal to me after yeah. listening to the whole album. Okay. I'm glad someone gave it a 10 out of 10. Melty Cannon... Deserves it. (laughs) Melty Cannon will save the game. He will save it. It has been been predicted in his his tag. Okay, so I'm going to add a little section to the nominations. You can also do checkouts, which will be, if you just want to mention something, a new release that everyone should check out, but you don't want to nominate it. Because I have um, Faye Webster's self-titled album came out on Friday... Uh, she's on Awful, which is related to Melty Cannon because he's doing a lot of stuff for Awful now. Uh, it's it, but it's country music, and I have no idea how to approach a country album for review. So I'm just gonna say check it out, but I don't want to review it. I don't know how I would talk about it. I listened oh, to a little man. bit of it. It's it's good. It's nice to listen to, but I don't know how to take a critical ear to country music. So I'm not gonna nominate that. Does anyone else have a nomination or a check it out? Um, check it out. For Paramore's After Laughter, um, I, there, I'm not nominating it because I had listened through it already, and it's, it's like an 80s revival kind of thing, which I love 80s revival kind of sound, but some of the songs were just like, okay, where, to the point where I'm just gonna pick out some songs that I really enjoyed, but I wouldn't really listen to the whole thing. Okay, I was expecting a nomination for that. That's really? okay. I'm just happy the drummer's back. I'm so in love with him. And it's been yeah. like eight years of and love. She, and she just sounds she just sounds so much happier singing because yeah. I don't know what the I forget what the beef was with her and He's, I believe the um, other musicians. So, honestly, unfortunately I think it's her because the first you know how the drummer and that guy were brothers? Yeah, because this is like the gossip section of our show. So like they were. I love it. I know. I, <laughs> well, we're not. I we're not going to talk about Paramore next week, so we sh- we should give it a little thing now because it's yeah. it's a big album. Yeah, it is. So 
me with my vague facts yet again. So, the two brothers left at the same time back in, like, 2010, I want to say. Right? So, the younger brother just went with the older brother. Because the younger brother was only 16 when they started. So, he went with the older brother because the older brother was getting gypped out of royalties and credits. And oh, was shit. getting pushed more to the side as the albums go on. And... Allegedly. Alleg- yeah. Okay. Allegedly. Well, everything I say, anything I say, even if it's like, the here's like the article, like don't believe my review of the article because something's going to go is missing. A, this is allegedly an article that I read. <laughs> I read two. I read two in an Uber, but they, my Uber driver also had a sermon playing. So you tell me what I listened to. Um, okay. That happened years ago. The older brother, from what I understand, still will not speak to her from this. Which I get, because they made a shit ton of money off of Riot. So if he didn't receive, you know, yeah. I would get it. But the drummer, like, basically had nothing on it. So then he did his own project, which was good. Oh, check that out. Check out Zach Farrow's other band, which I don't remember the name of. So um, then there was just Jeremy, who was, like, in and out the first few years. And then Taylor, who was a touring guitarist in 2010. So Jeremy was in and out from 08 to 11. Then he was a permanent member. Then everybody else left. So then it was just him. And then Taylor joined full-time once the brother left. So then it was the three of them for like two albums, I think. I found out recently he left immediately after that last album because there was no royalties coming in for songwriting, even though he wrote almost half the songs, allegedly. That part, I don't know how many songs he wrote. So he's like furious. He's suing everybody. (laughs) Like, everybody. I would, too. Yeah, so that's what the tension was, I think, anytime they did anything before. And now, I don't know, Taylor, I guess, doesn't care, nor does the drummer. <laughs> so that makes me suspicious of that she's really doing this, but because they're not writers and that they're not facing the same issues, they don't know. Or they don't feel the pain. Yeah, I was it. So, okay. okay. That's, that's I do a not know different. how much, so. I don't know how much of that I'm going to leave in. <laughs> <laughs> Probably all of it. Please. Um, <laughs> I think okay, I should have so, a section where it's Alana's, like, legal mess of the week. Like, I'll find out some, like, <laughs> drama and Legal like, drama in music. I love that. That's all I did. I almost did, like, before realizing I had to go to law school and before dropping out of college, I was like, I want to do music, like, legal stuff. But then I would be in the courtroom like, yo, and like, that's not how you address it. <laughs> back it up. Back it up for a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come so back in again. Can, we can do spinoffs after we get syndicated, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then okay. I want a full-on TV show of me in, like, courtrooms. <laughs> that would be funny, actually. Um, Alex, what is your pick for debut since there are no nominations for new releases? Okay, so my debut album is Earl Sweatshirt's Doris. Um, I Yo, really, I really love Earl Sweatshirt. <laughs> he is one of my favorite um, rappers... Ever. Uh, I feel like his lyrics are extremely different than like the normal kind of mainstream whatever kind of thing like Wiz Khalifa and shit like that. So I really love him and I'm going to nominate Doris. Cool. This is going to be our first one where it's a revisit for everyone, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's, I, I expect a lot of that in the future. So this is, this is the first one where everyone's heard it. Uh, don't need to talk about if you like it or not. You know what? Yet. That's so weird. I just uh, downloaded, re-down- like, I got a new phone, and I just re-downloaded Doris, like, last week. That was so freaky. 
Yeah, he has a and new for, album supposedly coming out soon, so... And uh, for people who would say that he has uh, Earl or whatever, the album before that, this would be his commercial debut, right? Yeah, it's it's like his technical debut, where he's, like, produced and... Charging, yeah. too. Charging yeah. money. Th- that That's counts. such a that... weird thing that, like, we have to differentiate, like, in recent artists like him. Where, like, what's a real debut, and then what's not, you consider yeah. not. Because they'll release, like, 80 albums, and then, like, <laughs> how do you differentiate? Yeah, like, yeah. Lil B is saying that Black Ken, which is on its way, is his first official mixtape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, a hundred mixtapes in. This one's the real one. <laughs> 25 mixtapes later. <laughs> Check out Black Ken in the future. We'll probably do an episode on that. Are oh, we, oh, you're, oh, have, oh, you're not are letting we it go without us doing. <laughs> if, yeah. if, if you guys don't second my nomination for Black Ken, it's I'm just going to hang up and never talk to you again. You're going to walk the out like on this make the outro as short as possible too because we're approaching an hour here that's a little longer than i would like our episodes to be at least for the time being i will link uh doris ways to listen to doris in the description on youtube and on itunes i'll also try to get this on google play google play i think is the other big podcast platform and besides that thanks for listening Please subscribe to us if you want, or leave a comment if you want. Hit me up on Twitter if you want. That is at VeggieNug. I forgot I was going to tell Alana and Alex to do their social media handles if they felt like it. Next time, and I will see you next time. go like fight his sister <laughs> like you're just gonna hear like a slap <laughs> <laughs> that oh was like too God. ominous how he left yeah just <laughs> just <laughs> slowly gets up I think it's so funny he has siblings. Like, I didn't know for such a long time that he did. Yeah, me neither. He didn't talk about them, ever. <laughs> he, he just never talks about them. No. James is like, they're normal. I'm like, <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> that's, all, that's all there is. That's all there is. Okay, I'm back. <laughs>